Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Tom Adams here for your post-match show to react to Bayern Munich's 2-2 draw with SC Freiburg at the Schwarzwald Stadion. Of course, one week after Bayern was already crowned Bundesliga champions for the ninth consecutive season, we always knew this was going to have a bit of a resemblance to a training exercise from Bayern's perspective. Um, just to round out the scoring, Robert Lewandowski opened it up with a penalty for what was arguably a soft decision after Thomas Müller appeared to have been uh, accidentally stomped on the back of his ankle and went down after the referee went over and looked at the VAR monitor. He decided to give the penalty. Of course, Lewandowski stepped up and buried it to equal Gerd Müller's record of 40 goals in one Bundesliga season. Didn't quite break the record today, but still a historic moment for him, for Bayern, uh, and for the Bundesliga itself. So it was a great moment. His teammates on the bench, as well as all the staff, made a bit of a tunnel, so to speak, guard of honor to celebrate for him to run through after he put that in. Just moments later in the 29th minute, though, it was some lackadaisical laps in defense from Bayern from a defensive standpoint off of a Freiburg corner. Manuel Gulda headed it home to make it 1-1. Perhaps it was Nicolas Sula who should have been marking him, uh, but it's tough to tell you know, if Bayern was doing a zonal marking or man-to-man in that situation, but nonetheless, he got far too free. Didn't really give Alexander Nubel, who started in place of Manuel Neuer today, much of a chance to get that. Uh, and then in the second half, which proceedings were a bit more open uh, as both teams decided to, to press the issue a little bit more, Leroy Sané scored in the 53rd minute at the far post off of a ball from Thomas Muller. Who else but Thomas assist Muller? And this was not too long after Leroy Sané had actually went on a brilliant solo run and found Serge Gnabry at the far post, who was ruled to be just marginally offside, basically by his big toe. Uh, on his right boot, which was a little bit harsh for him. But nonetheless, that's what VAR is there for, to get those marginal decisions correct. And it was at second glance of the replay. So <laughs> they had to wait for that second goal, which came in the 53rd minute. Uh, and then credit to Freiburg. They really kept pressing and forcing the issue and breaking forward and giving Alexander Nubel plenty to think about, who was way more active in the second half than he was in the first. Christian Gunter, who had a fantastic afternoon uh, on the left flank, made it 2-2 in the 81st minute after breaking forward down the left flank, burying it in the bottom right corner. Nubel, there was little he could do about that one. It was a fantastic effort from Gunter. And Perhaps even Freiburg deserved the three points from this one as they still have a very, very slight chance, or at least coming into this one, had a slight chance of getting one of those last Europa Conference League spots. They did need VfB Stuttgart to perhaps drop points today against Borussia Mönchengladbach, but that wasn't the case as Stuttgart came from 1-0 down to win 2-1 over a ailing Borussia Mönchengladbach side. So unlucky for them, but... From a Bayern perspective, I was actually a little bit surprised to see Hansi Flick coming out and fielding basically what was a full-strength lineup, bar Manuel Neuer. Obviously, Nubel started in goal, Alfonso Davies, Luca Hernandez, Jerome Boateng, Nick Lasula in the back, David Alaba, Yashua Kimmich in that double pivot spot in the midfield. Obviously, Lan Goretzka has the injury that's going to keep him out of the rest of the season, but thankfully, it looks like he'll still be able to play for Dimanshaft. 
at the Euros this summer for Joachim Love, and then Serge Gnabry, Thomas Muller, Leroy Sané, and of course Robert Lewandowski uh, in attack. I thought maybe, you know, given the circumstances that we had clinched the title last week, I thought Hanti Flick might start with some rotations in addition to Newbel and then bring on the starters later on. Uh, but I guess his thinking was he just wanted to go full strength, perhaps help Lewandowski get closer to the record, or as we know, he broke it, or didn't break it, excuse me, equaled it in this match, perhaps could have even broken it. As we know, in the second half, he had that double chance uh, right around the, the 75th minute mark, I believe it was. I'm recording this straight after watching the match. You know, I usually do these before I even go back and watch highlights because I want my thoughts to be genuine and raw. But I know that we all know the instance that I'm referring to where he had the left-footed shot, or excuse me, the right-footed, yes, no, it was a left-footed shot from the inside of the right corner of the 18-yard box. Flecken got down incredibly well to save it. Uh, and then on the ensuing effort, Kingsley Coman had sent the ball back across. It was one of those touches where he had kind of hit it into the ground first, and it dipped over. But Lewandowski was two yards out from the goal line and just seemed to have hit his left heel and basically sent the ball backwards instead of edging it over the line, and Flecken was right there to catch it. So that was the moment of the game where everyone was kind of just left in complete shock because we all basically were expecting that to be goal number 41, Lewandowski breaking Garrett Muller's record, but it just wasn't to be. And as Phil Bonney had alluded to on the commentary, now Lewandowski has the potential to break the record at home at the Allianz Arena on the final match day of the season, match day 34 against FC Augsburg, who he scored against in the Hinrunda in the reversed fixture. So would be amazing for him to break the record at home on the last match day of the season on the same day that we will be lifting the Meisterschale for the ninth season in a row, albeit with no fans in attendance, but still would be a very, very momentous occasion. Uh, but yeah, so just to circle back a little bit, was a little bit surprised that Hansi Flick went full of strength, but I guess, you know, that was his thinking. Uh, and he, of course, with the substitutions he made, he gave a lot of people a chance. Buonasar had come on, Mark Roca, Quarantan Taliso. It was very good to see him back in action after a relatively lengthy injury layover and Kingsley Coman as well. But one of the real areas of this match, I just constantly noticed, you know, in one of my tweets during the live tweet, I had said that it always seems to leave us a little bit exposed and just leaves the midfield so open when we don't have that double pivot of Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich in midfield. Obviously, today we started with David Alaba and Joshua Kimmich. And to me, it just seemed like from Christian Streich's perspective, the game plan was always to be very compact and very organized. You know, the defensive and midfield lines, it was almost constantly like two straight lines of four players between Kubler, Leinhardt, Gilda, Gunter, Salai, Hoffler, Santa Maria, and Grifo. So there was just very, very little space for Gnabry, Muller, Sané, Lewandowski uh, to maneuver through. And that was by design. And it just seemed like the more that happens, the more it begs for our midfield and defensive players. So, you know, today it was a lot of Alaba, Kimmich, Davies, and Nicolas Sula venturing forward. And it just leaves so much space in behind. And that seemed to be the game plan, especially in the first half from uh, Freiburg and Christian Streich's perspective. And I thought that um, one of the things I really noticed, too, is every time Bayern were trying to build out of the back, you know, Kimmich, as he likes to drop a little bit deeper to get on possession and, and freely distribute, 
they were not letting him do that freely at all. There was a lot of times when he was just getting absolutely suffocated by Demirovic, Nils Peterson, Niklas Hoffler, Santa Maria, who I thought did a fantastic job in not giving him that space to distribute out wide or forward, uh, laterally, or wherever it might have been. And that was one thing that was very disruptive to Byron's play. They really had to uh, spread the pitch and, and use the width to kind of get around that and almost counter-press Freiburg because... They didn't have a lot of possession in their own half. It was either playing those long direct balls out of the back or springing their own counterattacks at pace when they would win possession off of Bayern when they had numbers committed forward. And I had noticed too that uh, Alaba to me seemed to be all over the place in terms of his positioning. And I think a lot of us know that he is used to playing either left back or center back, but he does prefer midfield and he always seems to have this uh, tendency and this desire to roam forward and I thought as he oftentimes does without any discredit to him he leaves a lot to do for uh, Kimmich and he kind of leaves Kimmich hanging out to dry you know when Byron lose possession and then you know it creates a lot of uh, 3v2 or 2v1 or 2v1 3v1 situations at the back uh, and especially with uh, Alexander Nubel with not as much experience as Neuer playing, you know, you create very, very uncomfortable situations. And I think anyone who watched this game, especially in the second half, would say that, you know, Bayern was perhaps even lucky to get a point and Freiburg perhaps a little bit unlucky not to have taken full points from this one. And um, I, you know, it'd be hard pressed to find someone who disagrees while both sides did have their chances. I think Bayern might have actually even edged out Freiburg with shots on target. No, actually, looking at the stats, it was dead even. So five shots on target from both sides, a total of 16 from Bayern and 14 from Freiburg. So those uh, kind of tell the story. Maybe the, the tide had shifted a little bit uh, in Freiburg's favor after uh, Hansi Flick had made some substitutions. Uh, he had taken Muller, Sané, uh, and Yes, Muller and Sané off relatively early on in the second half, I would say, to bring on Mark Roca, Corentin Tolisso. Both of those guys have not played a lot of football, uh, so it was always going to be a tall ask for them to come in and control the midfield, and I think we all saw that uh, the midfield kind of fell apart after that without discrediting them at all. I think Freiburg just knew that that was going to be uh, an area to expose and to attack uh, after the, the substitutions weakened the side a little bit. And I think you could tell that Lewandowski after that point was not getting as much service until he did have that double chance where Flecken saved the first one and he uncharacteristically mishit the second one just two yards out from the from the goal line itself. But you'll have people that, that go on and troll that, but we can't understate, you know, forty goals in one season given the amount of time he missed because of that knee injury that he sustained while on international duty with Poland during the last international break for uh, FIFA Club, or excuse me, FIFA World Cup 2002 qualifiers. Uh, it's just simply amazing. And, you know, this guy never ceases to amaze us. And I think that everyone should consider themselves lucky to be alive at the same time as Robert Lewandowski and, you know, achieving everything he's achieving and doing everything he's doing. So, Thankfully, he didn't pick up a yellow card, so he will be able to play. Didn't experience a knock. He'll be able to play next match week, and it would be a glorious thing. A very uh, momentous occasion if he's able to break the record at home on the final match day of the season. Um, trying to just collect all my thoughts and, and kind of hone in here, too. I know it was a, a lot of rambling. There was a kind of a, a lot of different things to focus on, too, but... 
I have to give credit to, to Christian Strike for his substitutions as well. I thought they were all very positive. Yannick Haberer had quite a few chances in the second half after he came on. Uh, Wu Yang Zhang, I thought, was troublesome for Bayern on the right flank. I thought he came on and you know, made a, made a lot of impact. Lucas Haller as well could have easily scored uh, two or three times himself. Did a good job of drawing a lot of fouls just outside of Bayern's box, especially late on the second half when pretty much everyone in Bayern's attack was doing everything they could to try and get Lewandowski a second goal. And 41st on the season, I think it was uh, Haller who wound up getting a, uh, drawing a yellow card for Alaba. Uh, late on in the second half, creating a free-kick situation that Freiburg almost scored from. Uh, Yannick Keitel as well came on late. Jonathan Schmidt as well. I thought that uh, strikes substitutions were very, very positive. They kind of countered what Hansi Flick was doing on the opposite end for his substitutions. But I think, as I said, you always knew that phases of this game were going to be like a training exercise for Bayern, given the circumstances, given the fact that it's all done and dusted, and it was always going to be in favor of Freiburg as far as ramifications and implications, since they still had that fighting shot at getting the Europa Conference League spot. Obviously, Stuttgart's win did not do them any favors in that sense, but when you uh, counter that against the fact that Bayern had already wrapped up the league and you know, Hansi Flick wanted to give some time to some of the fringe players. It was always going to go in Freiburg's favor in that sense, and I think the second half kind of illustrated that fact uh, for all of us who were watching. Um, not much more to say about this one. I would have to say, you know, huge credit to Freiburg for the fight they showed. Absolutely huge credit to Flecken. He seemed to just really not want to be the keeper that gave Lewandowski the 41-goal the record. Um, and he also wanted to keep his side in with a fighting chance for that conference league spot. Uh, so I was impressed with the way they played. I mean, it's hard uh, to ask anything more of this Bayern team after everything they've, give, they've given us these past two seasons, especially with the amount of extra matches we've had to play in a very, very uh, compact, congested fixtures list. So we take the point. We go on to the final match week next week against Augsburg where we can enjoy the title celebrations officially and a little bit more i don't th think there'll be any vice beer showers because of coronavirus protocols but nonetheless it will be nice to see uh see us lift the the trophy the meisterschale as i said for the ninth consecutive season and hopefully also celebrating robert Lewandowski breaking garrett muller's 40 goal record so uh until next time uh, thanks for listening on whatever streaming platform that you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Megaphone, Speakerphone, whatever it might be. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. It would be a huge help to us, and we would always, always appreciate that. Um, we should be coming back next week, at least with the Der Ausblick. Hopefully a full Bavarian podcast work show at some point in between now and the match against FC Augsburg, and we might do some sort of end-of-season uh, special show where perhaps we do player ratings or just recapping the season uh, or something like we've done in the past. Um, but until then, be sure to check out Bavarian Podcast Works. Like I said, on any of the streaming platforms that you use, www.bavarianfootballworks.com for all of your Bayern Munich and Die Mannschaft news. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at Bavarian Football Works and then Jefferson Fenner, the Bavarian Podcast Works Director at Jefferson Fenner and Chuck Smith, 
the trusty co-host and managing editor of Bavarian Football Works at the Barrel Blog. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed the rest of your weekend. And until next time, auf Wiedersehen.